Right, so, VAR. How VAR have we come? Uh, <laughs> VAR you for it or VAR you're against it? And have you changed your mind since it got implemented? So, thoughts initially. What, what were your thoughts when uh, they said they were going to introduce VAR in the cup competitions? Are you, is technology killing the game? Uh, I don't know. You Okay, so a lot of people have been against it because it slows down the game. But I feel you're only going to be against it until a decision goes against you and you, and then VAR overturns that decision. I think people are too quick to jump on, you know, the negatives of it, being it too slow, you know, kill, killing the atmosphere. And you saw it against, was it Chelsea Manu, that cup tie? And the wrong graphic came up. That was just really oh, yeah. stupid, like, with the squiggly lines. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, obviously things need to... In, I'm I'm for it. I think, obviously, some things need to be ironed out. But, you know, need to quick, quicken the, uh, I guess, the response time. But, yeah, I think people people will see the benefit of it when a decision goes for their team. Give it time. I think yeah. it'll be good. Give it, give it time and stop using Microsoft Paint. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm for it. I think it can only be a, a good thing, right? If yes, there are flaws right now, but it's kind of <coughs> early stages. Like, yeah, quicken it. Um, if it cuts out the controversy, I think that, that's a big bonus. And I, I, I feel like people feed off it and they, they, they get excited. Oh, the decision went the other way. But yeah, I think I think if it yeah if it makes the game fairer, then that that surely that's only positive. I think because there's so much confusion as well when and it's being used and when it's not being used a lot of the crowd I think they're just like what's going on and waiting for two minutes for a decision I think if you can somehow manage to get the crowd involved in it like you know you know when like Hawkeye is yeah, on Hawkeye. for tennis and everyone's like <laughs> <laughs> that would be, be pretty sick if it was for football so I don't know they maybe do yeah they do it in the rugby as well they show what the, yeah the footage the footage the, the ref sees it off the big screen so I don't I don't know I do, do stadiums have, all stadiums have a big screen do they? most do most, most, most do yeah so maybe if they could show off that, it, I can only see it getting better, personally. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I do see people's point that it slows down the game and it kills the sort of the atmosphere. I mean, some you're, you might be celebrating a goal which later gets overturned um, and there's like two minutes of, you know, silence or <laughs> whatever. But also, I think it does, yeah, it does prolong the game a bit and I guess people are concerned because I think even in the match, the full 90 minutes isn't utilised on the actual pitch. I think it's about 60, 70 minutes that actually like, football's being played because you get stoppages um, for whatever reason. So, I don't know. I'm all, for, I'm all for it, I think. Maybe we, as slightly younger fans of football, may be more sympathetic to the introduction of technology into refereeing decisions and uh, goal line technology. There was a similar debate around goal line technology as to whether it should happen and, and whether we should bring that in or whether having controversy in the game is just is just part of it's just part of the the spectacle part of the reason why we love football is that sometimes <coughs> we like to moan about decisions and if we the more we use technology the more we sort of you know root out maybe these basic mistakes well people have less to talk about and people are still talking about Maradona's hand of God and <laughs> the Lampard goal that never was and these you know, continue to be things that people you know talk about and we we might not have those kind of incidents for 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 much longer and is, is it is it just because we are maybe that age where we can see that's a progression in the game? I don't know. Looking at it overall, though, is I feel like you can't stop things like that because the game is always moving on. I mean, there were talks of. Probably wasn't ever serious, but there's someone come up with the idea of maybe banning offsides at one point, <laughs> where you, you could just stick someone up front, and that would completely change the game. Obviously, I'm not a fan of that one, but just stuff like the boots changing and the actual football, like it will always sport will always keep moving on. And tennis and rugby, I think it's added to that that you can the crowd do get involved. But yeah, as I said before, I think it can only add to it. To be honest. I think this was talked about as well before VAR was introduced in the form that it's been introduced. There are two sort of styles in which you can bring in VAR. So you've mentioned tennis. So you can have a challenge system where each team or each manager is given three challenges per game. Um, or it would be more like rugby where it is a continuous referral system tool that the referee can use. Which one do you think would be a better suit for, for football? 
Ugh, I don't know. Probably the latter, I suppose. Uh, also with rugby, I think can't they hear what the referee is saying as well in the mic? Well, what they're yeah. saying in the mic. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would give a bit more clarity to, you know, what's going on. Uh, I don't know what. Do you think people want to hear what Mike Dean has said? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Because <laughs> he's a cheat. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Mike Dean. <laughs> uh, I don't know, yeah. It's, it's, it's a difficult one. I think that opens up a whole new can of worms. I feel that like if you mic up the rest of the football, you're going to hear all sorts of unsavoury stuff. <laughs> Maybe you sh- don't want to be hearing. Or if a kid is watching, for example. Um... Don't, don't, don't we want to encourage a, a cleaner, maybe yeah. a cleaner culture around football? <coughs> Mason Holgate, Firmino. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to say Mason Holgate and, and Firmino, and obviously more famously Luis Suarez and Patrice Evra. Maybe if you've mic if you have mic'd up refs, there'd be a little bit more clarity on things like this. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not forget sort of the Ferdinand Terry. Would would miking up refs go hand in hand with VAR? I mean, there was that one. I think was it. It was a goal. It was Tottenham versus Liverpool, and the refs were discussing whether Dayan Lovren had touched the ball. The, I think the through ball was played by Deli Ali. Um, Kane was initially in an offside position. Lovren then uh, well, tries to clear the ball, and it just flicks off the top of his boot, goes through to Kane, and Kane scores. And there was the cameras on pitch side um, the referee went to the linesman to go speak to him because he had raised his flag um, the goal at the time stood and he went over to the linesman and he was discussing and it was their discussion was picked up on the cameras and what the linesman said was I'm flagging because um, I think uh, Dayan Lovren has touched the ball um, so if you're thinking of giving offside for Harry Kane because Dayan Lovren has touched the ball he's made an active uh, sort of participating in the game and it's similar to sort of like a pass back mm-hmm. you can't be offside from a pass back and because Dayan Leverin has touched the ball he's therefore not offside so if you if you were going to give offside don't because I've seen Dayan Leverin touch the ball and that discussion was uh, I think played out on Sky Sports because obviously the cameras picked it up mm. Um, so do you think it would it would help to maybe clarify some decisions because where you don't have that you will have Post talk about some of those post match interviews where you know managers have no idea why decisions are given. They speak to them after the game and all they say is, "Well, I thought it was offside." There's no maybe no reasoning given for that. Um, maybe miking up refs would help you know clear some of that up. And would that would that help VAR? Do you think? I think for it to work in football, as well as a ref on the pitch, maybe they need someone running VAR up in the stands or whatever. Where are they going to be helping them out? So the ref would ref normally, but if VAR spots something that is something the ref might have missed, they can pull him back and go, hang on, you might want to check this out. And then they can have a conversation. So the mic would definitely help with that. So you can understand why why his play stopped. What are they talking about? I guess in a game like football, you do kind of want it to be constant. Like the ball is only in play two thirds of the time. So it would have a big impact on it. But I guess you'd hope that decisions would be made quickly. That you could trust the person in the stands with a monitor and then the ref would just accept it and go okay then we then this, this is the result we'll move on from here on to a topic which I know is a bit touchy painful for one. you too um, so I mentioned that earlier uh, <laughs> Champions League Champions League progress uh, the quarter final yeah, last, yeah, last 16. 16 so heading into the quarter final stages Juve 2 Spurs 2 Basel 0 Man City 4 Porto nil, Liverpool five, Real Madrid three one against P- PSG, Bayern five, Besiktas nil, Chelsea one, Barcelona one, mm-hmm. Sevilla nil, Man United nil, and Shakhtar Donetsk two, Roma one. Tie of the round so far. Juve hmm. Spurs has to say that. Juve Spurs, yeah, been. or even Madrid PSG. Yes. That was the yeah, the standout one. Well, I don't think anyone gave Spurs a chance, did they? Juve, they're running away with it. Syria, yeah. Mm. Oh, actually, Na- no. Napoli, Napoli, no, are, Napoli, Napoli okay. are up there. I think. With but Juve yeah. have a very good home records. Mm. Yeah, I think until Spurs, I think they said they yeah. hadn't conceded in two thousand. Obviously, obviously made the Champions League final last season as well. I think was it. I think got yeah. beat 
in Madrid. Yeah, Paolo yeah. failed to lift it. Yeah. Buffon, no? Yeah, it was Paolo. Yeah, it was Buffon. the Buffon was the story. Yeah. Um, yeah. Re- realistic chances of challenging for a final place, either of those two teams? It's all up for grabs still, really. There's still plenty mm. to play for at Wembley. Uh, I guess you back Spurs now. Yeah. Now that home. Just, yeah, it just shows how far they've progressed. I don't, they didn't make it past the group stage last season. Obviously, Spurs have progressed in Europe, as painful as that is to admit. Yeah. They'll go through, <laughs> but they, they won't go to the, as far as the final stages, I think. Yeah. Just because of lack of experience. So they'll do a Spurs. <laughs> yeah, hope so. <laughs> um, Madrid, Madrid, PSG. Um, glamour tie, obviously. I think of the round, the, the two maybe big, big money teams, current employers of Neymar versus future employers of Neymar. Um, but three one. I mean, I, I admit I only saw the highlights, but three one sounds like it flattered Real Madrid. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I didn't even think Madrid played that well, to be honest, in that game. But they somehow managed to get... That Ronaldo... I think the Ronaldo goal to make it 2-1 was really lucky. It kind of just rebounded off, off him. Like off his thigh. Yeah. Like yeah. I think PSG have a problem of closing games out. You saw it last season again. I think it was at Barcelona when they got yeah. overturned. I think, yeah, just lack of experience, I think. Obviously, going forward, they're more than capable of being Madrid. But I think in the latter stages of that tie, they just, yeah, couldn't close the game out. And then... Obviously, as you know, Madrid, I think they're using the Champions League as kind of a bit of a release from the league because their league form is so poor. So, yeah, I think, obviously, you can't discount Madrid. They've they've won it what, back-to-back in the last two seasons, I think. So, I think they'll, they'll definitely be favourites for the return leg. Is Neymar, is Neymar worth the amount of money, then, that he was transferred for? I mean, they've basically bought him for this reason. They've bought Neymar to progress to the latter stages of the Champions League. Most people, even before they had Neymar, were expecting PSG to walk the group stages. Um, if if PSG get knocked out at this point by Real Madrid, would the Neymar signing have been a bit of a flop? Uh, I wouldn't say it would be a flop. I think I think that's just coloured by the fact that his release clause was so high to get a player like Neymar, like a a star player like Neymar. PSG had to fork out what two hundred million. Um, but you could say the same thing about Mbappe as well, like. He, what does he cost like 150 160 million mm. uh i wouldn't say it as a failure i think obviously you did, you you're you're expecting them to get to the latter stages of the champions league with you know mm. two massive signings yeah i want to place it on them too those two signings but you have to say as a club they felt because they've gone out this season to to get mm. the champions league and yes they've drawn madrid one of the most experienced teams in that competition one who's won it the most, right? Mm. So, but yeah, after making signings like that, you, you'd have expected them to go further. Um, but, you know, they're not out yet. So, mm. we're getting ahead of ourselves. Still still could turn it around. 2 0 win would do it. What do you think it is about um, Chelsea in the Champions League that make them, I guess, semi formidable? The, the, their league form has been. By their standards, pretty dire. Conte at one point, I think before I think the Champions League started up again, there were even rumours of him being let go by the club. So poor was their form. Um, but yet they managed to hold off a pretty informed Barcelona team. It's not the first time that they've reversed some you know poor domestic form to. to to do it in Europe and Conte I think before he came to Chelsea the massive criticism for him when he was at Juve was that they were poor in the Champions League they would destroy the competition in, in Serie A but Conte was never great in the Champions League are Chelsea similar to Real Madrid in that they can they have the quality to just focus on one competition if if one or the other if the league or Champions League are not going so well they'll just switch to the other just see out the rest of the season in the other competition they're not doing very well in well, I was watching that Chelsea Barcelona game and I was quite impressed by, uh, again, painful as it is to say, Fabregas played, I think, quite a vital role in keeping out Barcelona in that tie. Um, I think, was it? Bakayoko wasn't playing, so I think that gave them a bit of a chance. 
yeah, I think he he sacrificed his creativity to sit back and help out in defending the the back four. And I think I think Chelsea deserved to win that game. They were Barcelona were very lucky to get. Like, I think they pretty much nullified uh, Suarez and Messi. It was only for that one mistake by Christensen, I think, when he played a bit of a risky ball across uh, the box and then when you got the quality of Iniesta he just picks up Messi and then bang cool as you like um, so yeah but it will be challenge. It will be a challenge obviously going back to the camp now uh, they have to go chase that goal with Conte I think he's good at setting his teams up obviously he changed the system last season uh, when we beat them 3-0 at home I think that was like the catalyst for them to go on to win the league I think we'll, we'll take credit for that <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think yeah I think defensively he can I think Chelsea also have the personnel to to nullify a creative team like Barcelona, especially at home as well. So yeah, and especially if you when you have Kante as well running running around in midfield, you know, making it difficult for someone like Iniesta or uh, like Rakitic to get on the ball, then you know obviously that helps. So yeah, I think they've got the personnel, even though their squad is quite thin, but they've they've definitely got the ability to do it. You were talking about Mourinho earlier on building maybe not a team of superstars but a team of solid players that together as a unit then become almost unplayable do you think the current Chelsea team still has that Mourinho DNA because I mean apart from maybe Eden Hazard it's not a team of remarkable players I mean Marcos Alonso is what a former Bolton player went on <laughs> went you know had a very you know decent couple of seasons at Fiorentina and that's the reason why he's at Chelsea now Victor Moses has been, has played at more cub, clubs than most players. As as a striker or winger, he's now playing as a right wing back. That DNA, that that sort of mentality, that they'll take solid a solid eleven, um, not terrible, but a solid eleven, and then turning them into a unit that is almost impossible to overrun. Is is that is that? a legacy that you think Mourinho can sort of be proud of leaving at Chelsea I mean that being the service to Conte yes and I'd also say actually Hazard you, you did mention Hazard but maybe William I'd put him in that bracket now I think he's really started to shine but we, we've seen what Conte is like on pitch side where he's screaming at his team and I I think he can get into the head the way maybe Mourinho did too um, maybe not as consistently because Chelsea have been patchy, but the way they won the league last year, I'd say that was down to Conte and maybe, I don't know, maybe there were, there were elements from Mourinho, I guess. They were, they were helped quite quite a lot by their not as much fix, fixture mm. congestion last season, obviously, because they didn't have Europe. But yeah, I think, yeah, what you were saying, I think Conte, I think Conte's done a good job. Yeah, he's a good tactician. I don't want to give Mourinho credit, please. <laughs> <laughs> is it is it all right to support a European team when you live in the UK? And can you can you be yeah, an, when can when you be an Arsenal fan and a Barca fan? Maybe if you're from Barcelona, <laughs> but then you just be a Barca fan. Well, I don't know. You can have a second team, but like, I don't know. Usually, you only pick one, and you stick yeah. to that one. Usually, my when someone says they support two teams, I I, I question their. <laughs> Their credibility, <laughs> their, their worth as a human being. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess moving moving to the the other European competition then, uh, the Europa League. Uh, in the last sixteen now, um, last thirty two actually. Is it last thirty two? Is it not? Is it last thirty two? Was it? No, it's last sixteen. Is it? You've made it into the last six. Well, I've given it away there, but oh um, right, yeah. <laughs> there are sixteen teams left in the Europa. Yeah, it is the last sixteen. No, sorry, the draw was made on Friday. <laughs> um, AC Milan versus Arsenal. Now, I'm not going to ask you what tie of the round is because obviously that's um, it's obvious. Sporting Lisbon versus Victoria. <laughs> um, no, but AC Milan versus Arsenal. Um, tactically, probably not the team that you wanted to face. Now there are. They're on paper, I think, probably far weaker teams that might have made your passage easier. But then having said that, I mean, the last round was not exactly easy. <laughs> I can't recall. <laughs> <laughs> um, but AC Milan, uh, chances, what do you think? Quietly optimistic, I think. Yes. A tasty, tasty mm. matchup. Mm. Obviously, yeah, not, not the forces we were before. I think, yeah, Milan are, what, seventh and we're sixth. So 
this is like <laughs> Battle of the Hasbro. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the X Giants. <laughs> and there's a bit of history. What was we... the score where you beat them away? Two nil. Fabregas Adebayor. Well, that's that's definitely taking it back. Yeah. So we have beaten them at the San Siro. Mm. Was it first first English side to beat AC Milan at the San Siro? Then they, I, I recall they, <laughs> they knocked us out. Mm. Yeah, they banged us. Um, comfortably. 4-0 away. And then we tried to come back 3-0 at home. Always the, oh yeah, we tried our best, but you know, go out in the last 16. And they're, they're already making noises about how this is a good tie for them. Mm. So it's a bit, a bit more incentive now. Yeah, so. but they have a... Was it Gattuso who manages them now? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, I think Wenger has the experience over over him. Who, who's gonna be Who's gonna be Arsenal's uh, Joe Jordan on this occasion? Because Gattuso <laughs> was it AC Milan when they clashed with Tottenham? It was a bit of a tasty encounter between Gattuso and Joe Jordan. Is Steve Ball gonna step up and he's gonna go nut him. <laughs> be, the, be the muscle. Um, yeah, an interesting tie. I think yeah, AC Milan. It's one of those, I think, one of those teams that will, I think, there will always forever be some sort of poetry magic mm, about that mm. kind of team. Um, I think, yeah, they still players. they still have a bit of an aura about them, I think, at the San Siro. I think definitely be a difficult tie to navigate mm. through. And I think they've still got they got some good players. You know, Suso, obviously, former Liverpool player. I think he's flourished at Milan. Uh and they, yeah, they got they got a few players to watch. I think. Bonucci is there now. Bonucci. That was an uh, interesting move in the summer. We got a young goalie. Who's the next? Yeah, Donnarumma. Donnarumma. Yeah. Yeah, bits bits of quality in there. I think. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty good round. Would you rather face a team like AC Milan now, or would you rather have them later on in the competition? For entertainment purposes, definitely now. I don't know. Last round we got. <laughs> Hostessons, which will turn out to be more difficult than we imagined, <laughs> but it's I don't know. I guess it gets you more excited knowing that mm. you you're facing a bigger team now. Now it's it's getting serious. It's crunch time. Yeah. Whereas if you want a weaker team, it's kind of I guess it's wrong to think it's an expected qualification. But yeah. You're just less interested. And um, yeah, in the latter stages, you're you have to beat the better teams to get through. So. I think if we can show that we can beat a team like Milan going forward, I think that will stand us in good stead for later on in the competition. Um, you know, hopefully, if we do progress, that will send us, you know, a message to the other teams. You know, like we're we're still in this competition, we can still be in a, with a chance to win it. Maybe it plays on the mentality of the players as well, knowing that they've drawn a bigger team like Milan. They wanna they wanna be up for it. I think we we were guilty of taking Ostersons like. Uh, you know, lightly. I mean, the, the teams that they beat on the way to playing us were quite impressive. Like, even Galatasaray clapped them off the pitch. It's a knockout game. You, anything can happen. Yeah, you need to be on it. Is there a, is there a change in um, outlook as to the Europa League competition? Uh, when you look at the, some of the teams that are left in this competition, they're, obviously, they're, they're, uh, they're not the same as the, the calibre you get in the, the latter stages of the Champions League. But having said that, there are some pretty big teams in there still. Yeah. I mean, RB Leipzig, it could have been Napoli that were, you know, that are in the latter stages. You've got Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, Marseille and Lyon are doing fairly well in Ligue 1. Uh, Athletic Bilbao, their league position is not great this year, but it's a club that's known for playing good football. A lot of players, of you know, good Spanish players have come out of that club. Um, Sporting Lisbon are still... Pretty big club in Portugal, Dortmund, AC Milan, and Arsenal, and Lazio. Is do you think that the days of sort of taking the mick out of Europa League, are, <laughs> may, may yeah, may, maybe maybe not so much anymore. Um, especially more money being in football, more clubs maybe being competitive in their domestic leagues. Some big teams are dropping into yeah, yeah. the Europa League now. Yeah, I agree with that, especially after. Last year, Mourinho won it. Now we we see five English teams uh, in the Champions League. I think with the Premier League, you got fair enough. Maybe you don't take Arsenal so seriously, but you got six big clubs, and ultimately two of them are going to miss out. And the next best thing is Europa. You want to be in in that elite four, but 
if you settle, if you got, if you don't make it, you're gonna you're gonna have to you're gonna have to settle for the Europa League. And I think gone are the days where it's Channel Five Thursday night, <laughs> still Thursday night. But uh, yeah, it's seen as an, another route into into Champions League now. I think mm. if Wenger wins the Europa League, do you think he can? Do you think he'll leave? Because that's sort of the one cup that's missing from his. His, uh, his trophy cabinet isn't it it's a, it's a European trophy do you think that will do you think that will entice him to say think well you know what things might not get any better I mean he might win another FA Cup or something like that but the league's probably at least a few years down the line oh man oh, if, if he went to the Europa League I reckon he'll get another five year contract extension <laughs> God forbid I mean like yeah, off the back of that FA Cup win last season, I think people were ready for him to go. But I think he signed the thing. He signed, yeah, he signed the thing, <laughs> and extended. It makes sense for him to go. Yeah, I think because he's got one and a half years now. So at the end of this season, have a year. Mm. But I think that'd be a nice time to end it because it avoids that that whole drama we had last year. Will he sign? Will he? Mm. So I don't want him to go into another final season with one year on his contract but then I mean as Tim said if he wins it then maybe we do add another two years give him one more one last crack at the Champions League which he probably wants to be fair but I think majority of Arsenal fans want him Yeah. if he wins Europa it'd be a nice fairy tale I, I think I, th- I, th- I think there's a clause in his contract where they can review his his contract extension at the end of the season or something. Like if the, regardless of what results he's got, I think, and I think it's quite telling. I think because well, I think we're fairly clued up on it because we're Arsenal fans, so we we kind of read into a lot a, a lot about it. But you, we've seen all the like back, uh, like the staff changes. You know, getting mm-hmm. a new chief scout, getting a someone else who handles the the contracts. Uh, I think yeah, all these changes in the in the back room, is it's kind of pointing to, Signal, yeah, signaling, signaling change. change. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping that you know all these things that we've done have put in the place you know ready for the next person to succeed. Without so, putting you on the spot, then next Arsenal manager, if you had a short list of three, who is your top three? Steve Holt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's there have been so many names attached. Mm. Um, and Ancelotti was a big name. I think that was massive rumours about, which I, I think I would take to be fair for two three years. I think he he'd do well. Uh, track good track record in in Europe, and I think he's he's good at managing. You know, star players like I said. I think at Madrid, uh, I think he'll he could probably get the best out of some of the players that we have I think yeah just someone who can maybe coach the team defensively as well I'm not sure if Ancelotti's yeah. the best at that but he'd be a good maybe two year yeah kind of term manager if he wanted it but there have been a lot of ex-players names which mm. as much as I love them because of what they did on the pitch I'm not sure if they're ready for for the big job yeah like Henri or Burkamp or even Arteta who's on the pep now mm. They've all been linked with it. I don't. I wouldn't want to see any of them near it at this stage. Mm. But I, yeah, ideally they could maybe be a number two and learn from a more experienced manager. Uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm I'm concerned actually because we have that we have Layman now. At, uh, I think he's part of the first team setup, like, you know, coaching and stuff. I think you were always concerned when you had. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> isn't it invincible? Yeah. <laughs> Yens. <laughs> uh, the Yens. Super Yens, yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, I, I was like worried when um, Wenger gave Henri the ultimatum of working for Sky Sports or coaching the youth team. I think I'm just, I want more club legends to be around the setup. Um, now he's, we've lost him to you know Belgium. Now he's helping out with Roberto Martinez. I think you know players like Burkamp. I think is the Ajax. I yeah, think he's, I think he's. Yeah, I think he oh, left. Yes, he's gone. he might have gone by now. Actually, yeah. So yeah, like yeah, we. I think 
having characters like that, you know, these these are the elite players that we want, you know, former players with that mentality of winning. You don't you don't you don't really see that in our team. At the moment. On the other hand, though, just because they've won, it doesn't make him a coach. Mm. But as role models, uh, I see what you're saying, and Perez mm. still helps out. So I see that point of view. Heard Alex Song was training. Good <laughs> 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 Well, he he went to Barca, didn't he? I mean, he's, mm. he's, he <laughs> must understand the game if he's working at that that sort of level. And that gif um. where put was it gif where Puyol walks up to Abidal, um, <laughs> song faces for him. Before you retreat. Oh, that will never get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, would Arsenal be looking for a manager to stabilise the ship after? This, this has become an Arsenal podcast now. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm outnumbered two to one, and Arsenal just happens to have a lot of discussion points. I mean, if we are talking yeah. about the end of the Wenger era, I'm sure as Arsenal fans, you'll want to avoid sort of David Moyes situation where you have this sticky spell where you're obviously you're transitioning between someone who's been at the club for so long that an entire generation of your fans don't know any other Arsenal manager mm. Are, is Arsenal going to be looking for a manager just to sort of pave the way for the actual successor and just have someone to maybe win a cup competition or just to stabilise the team or do you think Arsenal are going to go straight for someone who they will commit to for the next maybe five plus years five plus years is quite long though for modern management uh, it's tough to say because I think when you were talking about Moyes I think because they had just come off the back of winning the league we don't we don't have any of that expectation for the next manager I don't think I think we'd be more inclined to give him time but I think I, I don't know I think yeah Arsenal fans have suffered long enough so I think they do want success immediate success so I don't know what are your thoughts. I mean, it depends <laughs> it's on who's as well, because apart from Ancelotti, out of that top two, mm. those who have done it, who, who is available? Tuchel, is it? But he's not... Yeah, I'm I mean, he won the German either. Cup. Yeah, he went, he's only but won the German Cup, so he's not... He has been linked with it, so maybe... Maybe he would be um, a kind of natural replacement, because, I mean, Wenger... Arsenal got a lot of stick when he was first appointed. Mm. No one knew who he was. He came from Japan. Um, I think Lewis Enrique is available. Oh, linked with the Chelsea group. Yeah. Well, be an you can take Conte then. Be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Enrique would be an interesting one. But you know what will happen? Wenger will sign the team. <laughs> <laughs> so none, none of this, will, none of this will matter. Sorry, yeah, we've wasted. <laughs> Um, right. Okay. So uh, another feature we're gonna we're gonna have hopefully have on, on regular podcasts is the out tactics attic. Um, <laughs> um, you got this really is this, come this, from? this has well Allardyce. Allardyce, I think yeah. said we you know he said we out out tactic. Was that when they beat Chelsea? Was he manager of West Ham? He said he can't take it. We've out tactic him. Um, and obviously you know Rafa Benitez is always he's always always being joked yeah. about that he doesn't know the difference between a tactic and a tic tac um, <laughs> so it's kind of where it came <laughs> from uh, yeah. we got the tic tac stroke um, yeah at the risk of sort of excluding the other 19 teams in the Premier League <laughs> the problem we have decided to deal with on uh, this this month's out tactic at- attic uh, this is where we we play armchair manager what our managerial, our, our armchair managerial expertise says about a particular tactical problem that a team is facing, mostly based on whether it works on FIFA or not. Because um, <laughs> none of us have coaching badges or anything like that. So the problem we have decided to, to go for is how do you solve a problem like Lacazette Alba? So Lacazette bought for a hefty sum of money at the beginning of the season. Aubameyang uh, was joined in January to... Pretty top tier strikers, I think you've got to say, but Wenger's only using one of them at a time. Um, can you fit those two in a team and have Ozil and Mikatarian? No. Be I, yeah, I'd initial. probably say no as well. 
I think you can definitely play Lacazette and Aubameyang together, but I think Mkhitaryan maybe, maybe out of that trio you'd probably drop in favour of another striker. Because what I've seen from Lacazette, I really like his build-up play. He's good at, like early in the season when Daddy Welbeck was actually playing quite well, he was linking up with him uh, quite well. And I th- I thought he was a striker that would make runs in behind, but he's he gets involved with the link up play quite quite a lot. Um, whereas with Aubameyang as well, that would probably take off take a bit of the pressure off him, because um, like I said, I think his goals have dried up, and you know he's injured now. So um, yeah, when you've got a player like Aubameyang who can you know with his pace, frightens defenders, I guess, because you know he's he's got the option to go in behind. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, you don't want to break up the the partnership of Mkhitaryan and Aubameyang. So it's, it's a difficult one, but I don't know. What? If you play them together, you, that's two up front. And then you kind of have to give Ozil that free role. Mm. So you've kind of lost three players already from the descent, defensive side of the game, which, especially with a team like Arsenal, you can't afford to do. And not many... Team, it's not really in fashion anymore until up front in terms of the big teams anyway yeah um, yeah I mean yeah well, let's let's look at some of the we'll focus on the top six because that's what anyone ever seems to talk about um, no one really talks about the strike partnership at Swansea I don't even know <laughs> Boney Boney are Tommy you Abram. are you brothers okay so maybe we do know <laughs> um, <laughs> Yes. Okay. So City with Aguero, Jesus when he's when he's fit. Obviously, he's I think he's coming back from injury now. And then you've got Sterling and Sane, United, Lukaku spearheading that with Sanchez or Rashford or Martial or Lingard. Uh, Chelsea with Morata or Giroud, Hazard and William. Liverpool's front three: Firmino, Salah, Mane. Uh, yeah, Arsenal currently playing either Aubameyang or Lacazette with Iwobi, Ozil, Mkhitaryan. Uh, yeah. Mm. <coughs> Tottenham, uh, Harry Kane, obviously. Song Hun Min, I think, been getting a lot more games yeah. recently. And, and, and Deli Ali, possibly Eric Lamella, now that he's coming back to, to fitness. And yeah, no one really plays too up top anymore. But could Arsenal not play Lacazette and Aubameyang against with all due respect, maybe the bottom half teams when they're playing at home. Has, has not a problem been recently that Arsenal not getting enough goals? Um, they can lead teams maybe 1-0 during, you know, have the lion's share of possession but not be able to close out games. Is it is it not sort of incumbent on Arsenal at home against a team they're expected to beat to maybe play two strikers and have double the threat it's just not a Wenger thing to do. And now he's so... We know how stubborn he is and how set in his ways. He's like, I, can't, I just can't see him doing it. Well, tactically, the only way I can see it happen is you put them two up front and there's all behind. And there may be a midfield freak. Mm. And then you, 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 you'd have to ask the two full-backs to... Yeah, to bomb. To bomb. Which is especially dangerous with our defence. Yeah. But then I guess that midfield three would have to be disciplined. Mm. So you'd have Elneny. Elneny, Ramsey, Chaka. But Chaka. Mm, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a, a midfield combination I don't really want to see, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he's, I think he's, on, he's only done it as kind of like a last throw of the dice, uh, putting the, them two up front. We saw it with the, the Spurs game away. Um, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> um, but yeah. I think I think Wenger likes to pack the midfield, get control of the midfield, and so yeah, I think sacrificing a midfield player for another striker is yeah probably not his style of play. Why why do you think strike partnerships have become outdated? Why is no one playing two up top anymore? Is it is, it, is four three three or three five two are these? I guess the more common uh, formations is it are they tactically superior is is four four two actually a tactically inferior system or is it just the types of players that are the sought after players now 
not four four two player. I think the game has moved, or maybe it's rather it's moving out now. But maybe with Pep, it's moved into the area of possession, and mm. if you're too up front, you lose that man in midfield, which is can make the difference in games. I the way I approach games, if you if you control the fields, then you got a chance of winning the game. Obviously, there's you know the counter attack, but just look at City and how they do it. Mm. Statistically, that's how I said that's how you win a game. So I don't know four four two. My ba- my understanding of four four two is quite basic, but what I saw it as a young big man, no poacher. Right. <laughs> if you if you lump it up, the big man can win it. Maybe the poacher can get at the end of it, and that is kind of. Failing from the game, I feel like. But target man, target number seven fashion. Mm. And again, I think yeah, I think the playmaker, the number ten, has been more sought after. I mean, yeah, we've seen De Bruyne, Silva, uh, yeah, Pogba, Eriksen. Like I think they favour a midfield player behind that striker now, who can sort of pull the strings. Uh, instead of yeah because when you have I guess when you have strikers don't usually contribute much defensively so when you have an extra striker you're you're kind of like a man down in midfield so when you have a I guess you're number 10 I guess not all of them track back but you have that extra play in midfield to get involved with uh, defending I mean my my last question on the lack of Alba probably I mean you might not be able to answer because I know I know Tim definitely isn't playing the journey on FIFA 18 (laughs) Um, but for those for people like me who have played <laughs> who have played <laughs> the journey and picked picked Alex Hunter to be a striker FIFA 18 is clearly still pushing this uh, striker partnership with two so if, spoiler alert for those of you who haven't <laughs> and are currently still going through the journey but in the last chapter you were asked to pick I think one of three clubs you can either play with Lewandowski at Bayern uh, Griezmann at Atletico Madrid or I think it's Cavani at PSG. The options open to you. Would you go for Lewandowski, Griezmann, or Cavani? <laughs> Griezmann. Uh, be- between Lewandowski and Griezmann, I think. Not Cavani. No, because he won't let you take penalties. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you look like Neymar. <laughs> Although I think Cavani is probably less out of three, less clinical, so he'd make you look better. Griezmann. Oh, yeah. Griezmann, I think, would give you more assists. You'd also be playing in Liga. Mm. <laughs> no disrespect your, to Liga. Your YouTube <laughs> highlight reel would be pretty <laughs> good there. Yeah. I know is just a robot. He's just so clinical. He'd take all the chances. Where's my glory? Alright, okay. Um... The last piece, I guess, before we before we end slang tings. Uh, each week, the podders come up with a topical slang term based on a football player, a manager, or a referee, and we vote for the best. So we need to give the the player that we've based the slang on. We need to use it in a sentence and explain okay. what that slang. Is. So Alex, if you want to go first, all right. My one is. Oh, sorry, the sentence first. Uh, no, uh, explanation. Go, your words, explanation, and then a, an okay. example. Words, I'll go buried. <laughs> <laughs> um, or just to do a barry, right? Yeah. And it's all right. You teach geography. Don't teach English. And it would, context would be like last night I did a barry, and I guess the definition would be doing something outrageous. <laughs> Because he's known for that now. Yeah. <laughs> His one story. <laughs> Alright, Tim? I've not really thought about it that much, but I know where I used to work, a lot of the people that I used to work with who are quite big football fans, and we'd always used to use a football player's name as a bit of slang. So when we go for lunch, we'd use, uh, do you want to go for a Jason? After Jason Punchin. So Jason Luncheon, it becomes Jason Luncheon. So do you want to go for a Jason? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was the way that we'd use football slang. So yeah, another one would be... Well, well um, you don't want to use them all. No, but I'll just give you a snippet. <laughs> yeah. These are some of the good ones. So 
if if you were if you weren't keen on something, then you might say, "Nah, it's a yaya. Ya. It, it's a no. It's a no go. Yaya ya no go. It's a no go." So yeah, nah, it's a yaya, ya, mate. I like that one. To be fair. <laughs> so yeah, that. All right, you could only submit one. It's I'll go the yaya. Ya. Or it's or it's the Jason. I'll go for Jason because that's that's a good one for work. Anyone who's working, yeah. Do you want to go for a Jason? Yeah. <laughs> if they if they if they get what you mean, then yeah, you're you're on. Okay. If anyone is listening out there and you decide to use <laughs> the slang Jason, let let us know how that goes. Um, whether that drops like a lead balloon or whether that takes off. Um, I've gone for so the example I gave in, in our notes was to do an odd and wingy which is to do everything you can to make something happen and to fail miserably um, but I, I'm going to update that in, in light of um, one of the stars of our team of the week and that is to do a Berahino which is when you wait for something that might never come and has taken a really long time already so the, the example sentence I've got is I've been at the bus stop for 15 minutes and not seen the bus I need it's Berahino <laughs> Um, <laughs> I promise it will get better um, but <laughs> that's that's the one I've got for for this month um, right so Barry <laughs> Barry Jason or Berahino uh, Alex well that's Susan yeah <laughs> <laughs> we can't go for my own so I'll go with Jason X one legend <laughs> is that how you'd say it would you like to go for a Jason Xbox Xbox Legends. Legends. <laughs> you got to throw that in there Tim uh, I don't know I'd back mine but yeah I, I think Barry's, Barry's good as well yeah okay uh, decided vote I, I think just because it, it, got, it did get the most laughs and it does sound like it's already in use I think we'll go for the Jason Jason this month so well done well done Tim um, Bosh first one <laughs> although having, a caveat is did you come up with that one yeah but there are loads there are loads I can but I could probably come, come up, up with new you ones but did you no I guess not but <laughs> so but there are, there are it's a half win really there are so yeah. there are so many good ones that you can use but yeah I'll, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep them okay keep so them more, more, to, more to come from Tim and his maybe that'll be my style of creating these four slangs or Bringing them to All right, okay. people's knowledge. All right. Well, Alex, me and you got <laughs> off our game. Okay, yeah. um, this coming month, what are you guys looking forward to in football in terms? <laughs> the Europa, Europa League. <laughs> <laughs> the, the battle of the has-beens. Who's going to qualify? AC Milan or Arsenal? Hmm. Um, Champions League, of course. Because I'll be honest, I backed PSG because of their, their attack. Still in it, technically, but it looks like they might crash out. So, I, I don't know. Who would be I, your yeah, who would be your team if PSG yeah, go out? I, I don't know. Um, I guess I'd say Barca, just because of Messi. Tim? Uh, yeah, obviously the Europa League obviously invested in that um, you got tickets <laughs> <laughs> no uh, I don't know what what is coming up in football <laughs> well, we are going to the City game aren't we yeah we are Arsenal Man City so it'd be nice to see the Bruyne play <laughs> <laughs> to see him in action in the flesh that's <laughs> I'm going really Is, what is coming up I guess FA Cup nah right off <laughs> <laughs> league mm. <laughs> yeah I don't know what is what what is ahead I will keep an eye on the relegation battle in Prem we, we, mm. we kept it we focused heavily on the top six but actually relegation is, is very tasty right now because mm. it, it could be anyone some big, yeah, some big names, mm-hmm. some big names down there at the bottom of the table. Um, pod favorite West Brom, I think, are currently in trouble. <laughs> um, I think I'm, yeah, only one here who's watching with a vested interest in the Champions League at this table. <laughs> <laughs> Over 
over the years, this is, this has not been a common occurrence. I've been the one who's either had to put up with the Europa that is League true. or no Europa League. Which is very bitter. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, obviously five five nil ahead still to come back to to Anfield. I think that should that hopefully should be a formality because we're so far away um, and because everything football is pointing in this direction. Snap decision. Who's going to win the World Cup in the oh. summer? <laughs> oh. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to say England <laughs> are not going to make it to <laughs> the group stage. <laughs> I was going to say Belgium, but I'm not sure if that will happen. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to see France do well because of the attacking talent that they have. I was thinking about Belgium as well because you think they've finally come together collectively as a, as a team. They've got so many quality players as well. But Martinez. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he did win the FA Cup with Wigan. Mm, he did. I'm being mean. Tough one. Who would you go for? I quite fancy Brazil. Coutinho. But, yeah, without the pressure of it being a, obviously a home World Cup, I think mm. there was a mm. lot to bear for that Brazil national team. And they have, they have hit a revival since that tournament. Tite, is it? Um, yeah, they look. They look. Yeah, they look fairly solid. That that attack is pretty formidable. You've got Neymar, Willian, Coutinho, Firmino, Thiago Silva is still a decent defender. Dani Alves just doesn't seem to age ever. No. Marcelo's in his prime. Goalkeeper used to be a dodgy area for Brazil, but it's Allison, character or even Edison. You've got two very capable goalkeepers there. And then midfield, you've got Fernandinho, Fred. A lot of quality there, and it seems it's, to have a fair amount of depth. Always that quality there. Um, I think maybe it being a World Cup far away from home will take the pressure off of them. They've got something to play for, and definitely something to prove. I'll give it to Belgium. Belgium, France. Yeah, again, I'd like to see them do well. So yeah, maybe I'll stick with France. But who did they go out to in the Euros? Germany. Oh. Oh wait, no, yes. they, went, made, they made it in the final, didn't they? Yeah, they lost to Portugal. So yeah, I think off the back of that experience, I think they kn- they know what it takes to get to the latter stages of a, a big tournament. So I'm hoping that group matures and does good things. Well, it's optimistic for them. So you two think Europe, a European team will win the yeah. Cup this summer? Mm. I've gone South American and I'm sure we're all going to be flummoxed and find out that <laughs> South Korea <won. laughs> um, right okay so in <laughs> so Patrick in the final um, all with his head <laughs> um, Ki Sung Young with uh, all three assists uh, right till next month or whenever we finally have time to, to do this again <laughs> if we ever do this again um, we'll catch up on whatever footballing goings on is happening then. So join us next time on the Downline Podcast. Thank you for listening.